worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we have our usual Friday outlook on what happened with wheat and canola markets this week. Road bans go in effect in southern Saskatchewan on Monday, and we have an outlook from Economic Development Regina on the agriculture portfolio and what's exciting and happening in Regina. SAS Barley commits $1 million to crop research, and we have a market outlook from Mike Jubinville of Markets Farm. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Grain prices were mixed this past week. Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Pacallo, says canola is up $10 a ton for the week and spring wheat is down 16 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, right now here, May canola is sitting higher approximately $10 a ton on the week. As we speak right now, the May canola is actually above $800 a ton, sitting at about 802.6. So very strong there. On the Minneapolis wheat, a little bit different of a story. May contract is down about 16 cents a bushel so far on the week. So it seems everything's been incredibly volatile because there was a lot of ups and downs this week, weren't there? That's correct. You know, for example, on the, on the May canola contract here, the high that we reached actually just back on March 9th was $804.8 a ton uh, intraday. And it's seeming that we could be looking to test that now. You know, there's been a lot of talk on a few different sides of the market. Again, one side of the market that I watch for canola very closely is the soy complex. So a drop in the U.S. dollar and actually a jump in energy prices, plus a 2% kind of jump in the Brazil real uh, yet this week are supportive for the soy markets. But what we're actually seeing right now is soybean meal in a downward trend here. So for soybeans, soybean oil to stay positive, that trend might have to change. There are some kind of big rain events across the Western Corn Belt, better weather in Argentina in the next week. So those are bearish forces right now. So it seems that we're seeing some profit taking on that front. But Again, soybean oil has really seen an impressive rally, and that's keeping you know the canola market quite a bit higher here. So, what is the outlook for next week and beyond? 
Well, next week, one thing to note is kind of the downward trend that wheat has had here recently. There has been actually talk of China buying white wheat, which has kind of helped support you know the markets here in the last night here. But really, there hasn't been much in terms of bullish forces. So wheat could stay in this kind of steady to lower downtrend here right now. Actually, the weather forecast isn't all that supportive too. So we might see wheat drift a little bit lower here. Minneapolis, I have on the charts here, still about nine, ten cents away from support or a floor for for the May Minneapolis wheat contract. And then on the canola front, uh, it still seems that the November contract is quite a bit undervalued to the nearby May contract. So with the current market prices here, the November is actually at $170 a ton discount to the May. So that's something that might close here and for, for farms to watch. Adam Pacallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. The Saskatchewan government says spring road bans will be in effect on 12.01 a.m. Monday morning across southern Saskatchewan. Ministry of Highways says the spring road bans will also be in effect in many rural municipalities in southern Saskatchewan Monday. Spring road bans are designed to protect roads and infrastructure during the thawing period when roads are in a vulnerable state. Road bans reduce allowable weights on RM roads and secondary weight highways by 10 to 15 percent. Typically, road bans are imposed in late March or early April after winter weight restrictions have been lifted. As spring road bans are enacted Monday, winter weights for the rest of the province will be removed. Truckers are urged to contact the Highways Ministry for any questions or concerns about spring road bans. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Agriculture development is one of the key goals of the new Economic Growth Officer for Regina. Economic Development Regina has named former SAS Party MLA Tina Beaudry-Meller as the new Chief Economic Growth Officer. She will lead the agriculture and technology and investment attraction strategies. The Regina area, I think, is really well poised uh, to serve as a food processing and egg hub. Um, given the sort of transportation networks that are here with a bypass in the GTH, as well as a number of anchors in the ecosystem, whether that's AGT Foods, or we also have FCC headquartered here. So we, we do have a number of players in the ecosystem, I think, that makes this possible. So we want to ramp up the food processing piece. We have access and proximity to the protein supercluster, obviously. And so we're looking to build on, I think, the assets that we have in this region and amplify them at a time when, you know, the food supply chain through COVID has been the security and integrity of that supply chain, I think, has become even more prominent than it was previously. And and Saskatchewan, more generally, I think, has a really important role to play in that global supply chain. And Regina has a definite role to play in that supply chain. And so that will be the focus of my work. What are some of the prospects that you see now? We had just mentioned this past couple of days the possibility of a big biofuel plant using canola here in Regina. Your thoughts on that and, and what other projects are there? Well, that's a really exciting one because it marries a number of goals. It marries the sort of clean energy and biofuels piece, but it also marries the sort of value-added processing piece, which so it knocks off a number of goals simultaneously. And, of course, the growth of jobs in that sort of clean energy food processing area is really critical. So that that's a really great one. I do want to add that, you know, the proximity of 
the Hill School of Business, which is really trying to focus on agribusiness, especially with the recent introduction of Brad Farrakhar as the uh, agribusiness you know, executive in residence there, the work that SAS Poly does in the ag sector. All of these things are sort of working together. There are a number of other projects in the works as well. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not sure that I'm at liberty to speak publicly about them yet. So forgive me, I'm not going to go for too far down that road. But I would say that a couple of big things is, you know, the EDR is going to be looking also at its event attraction strategy. And for sure, working closely with Agribition and the Farm Progress Show is going to be a big part of this. Measuring sort of business impact and business-to-business deals that are done at those shows and how that impacts the rest of the economy and how we might amplify that is also going to be a big part of this. Have you heard how the Farm Progress Show is being organized so far this year because of COVID-19? Not yet. I officially start on Monday. And so they will be some of my very first meetings to sit down and go through with them what they're going to be doing uh, in terms of the show and also opportunities that I think where we can leverage other things into the show that maybe we haven't done before. For example, they started a 24-hour startup for some of the ag tech companies that are building in the province because of the cultivators, because of the Ag Tech Growth Fund that the province put in. And so maybe there's opportunities to sort of amplify that and attract some venture capital to those shows. And I think that would have a number of spinoff effects that would be positive for both the sector, the city, and the province. Tina Boldry-Meller has been named the new Chief Economic Growth Officer for Economic Development Regina. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. You know, there's days where you you go to the newspaper and you you read a column and you say, oh, I wish I would have wrote that. That is good. Our next guest did exactly that. It is Sean Spear. He is former policy advisor in the Harper government. He is also currently fellow in residence at the Public Policy Forum. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine, Sean. Thanks for having me on the program today. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. So you wrote a great column in the National Post entitled, Farming Industry is Cutting Edge, but Trudeau and O'Toole Prefer to Celebrate Smallness. What do you mean by that? Well, I I should preface my comments, Sean, by saying, you know, I I feel a bit self-conscious here. I'm I'm a bit of an imposter in the world of agriculture and agricultural policy. These aren't my areas of of expertise, but I, I felt compelled to write something in response to the political statements put out by Prime Minister Trudeau and Conservative Party Aaron O'Toole uh, in response to Canadian Agriculture Day, you know, about a, a week or 10 days ago. Uh, you know, I know enough about the agriculture sector to know that it's world leading with regards to innovation and uh, techno- technology, technology adoption and, you know, global market share and a number of commodities. You know, it seems to me that the real story here is that this is a, uh, a Canadian global champion. And yet, if you listen, if you read uh, the statements from Mr. Trudeau and Mr. O'Toole, you wouldn't have gotten any of that. Instead, you, you know, it seemed to me that they set their sights too low. It, you know, it conveyed a, a message that uh, I think underestimated um, just how dynamic and cutting edge and world leading Canada's agriculture sector is. And I wanted to kind of challenge both our policymakers, but the industry itself 
um, to sort of rethink how we uh, we talk and we project, um, you know, the, the, the extraordinary strengths of um, Canadian agriculture. Well, you, you mentioned Canada's lack of ambition and the role that complacency is currently playing in, in politics and broader society. Uh, in the opening paragraph, uh, I'll just read from, from, the, from the column. We are, uh, are, we are too often apprehensive, self-conscious, and inclined to cast our sights in the local and familiar rather than the global and unknown. Canadians can fall victim to a collective case of stereotypical Canadianism. <laughs> what, what, what is Canadianism? Well, there's, you know, I, I think we have a tendency to be self-effacing, self-deprecating. You know, part of that is our proximity to the United States. And, you know, the Americans have a stereotypical, stereotypical arrogance and kind of brashness. And, you know, that can have negative aspects. But one of the positive aspects, I think, Sean, is that it enables them to be ambitious and to set their sights high. And I just think that that's something that's lacking in our political conversation in Canada um, and, and as I say, I think that was reflected in these statements that the, our different political leaders issued in response to Canadian Agriculture Day. If I was writing the statements for Mr. Trudeau or Mr. O'Toole, I would have talked about the fact that, it, you know, that the agriculture sector is over a $100 billion part of our economy, that um, we're the fifth largest global exporter. And in fact, in several commodities, we're tops in the world. I mean, it, it, it's just been so odd to me, Sean, that it, you know, these statements, missed all of that and, and said, you know, spoke to important issues about local supply chains and, and these sorts of things. But, I, you know, I think it, it reflected this um, tendency on the part of our political leaders not to be bold and ambitious and instead to be kind of small and complacent. Do, do you think this is another example of politicians not really paying attention to something like the Barton Report? Because it, that you know he in the Barton report he talked about the opportunity that was there for agriculture. I think that's certainly part of it, Sean. Um, you, you know, just think about it. Um, if 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 we were celebrating Canadian Auto Sector Day, um, the statements that our political leaders put out wouldn't be talking about you know providing cars for the domestic market. It would be talking about how the sector is cutting edge and globally oriented and so on. And so there is a kind of disconnect here um, that we talk in those terms with respect to aerospace or autos and so on, but not agriculture. When the truth is, as you say, the Barton Commission and just the evidence shows that, you know, if you were to identify the one part of the economy where we truly are global leading, um, it would be agriculture. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And the Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, sunny sky, wind southwest 20, gusting to 40 this afternoon, the high plus 7, the low minus 9. Saturday, sunny with winds from the east at 20, the high plus 9. Wind chill minus 14 tomorrow morning, the low minus 5. Sunday, sunny, the high 9, the low minus 3. Monday, partly cloudy, the high plus 6, the low minus 7. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 1, the low minus 8. Wednesday, sunny, the high plus 3, the low minus 7.
Thursday, partly cloudy, the high near 6 degrees. Normal high for this date, minus 1, the normal low, minus 12. The sun rose at 718 this morning. It sets at 658 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at plus 9. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids at minus 9. Estevan is plus 5. Saskatoon, minus 2. Swift Current, plus 7. Weyburn, plus 6. Yorkton, minus 2. In Regina, with cloudy skies, it's plus 2. That's 36 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-southwest at 17. Humidity is 67%. The barometer dropping 102.3. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, plus 2. Winds are from the west-southwest at 18. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 2. That's 36 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The Saskatchewan Barley Development Commission has announced $1 million in funding for barley research over the next four years. SAS Barley Chair Matt Enns of Rosthern says research is an important for future growth of the barley industry in Saskatchewan. Well, it kind of came out of our, uh, our call for research that we put out in fall. And really, like, we had a money from checkoff dollars, and we think research is the core business that we can put that dollars into in terms of having a good outcome. So that's really the, the number one function of SAS Barley is to find good research projects and, and fund them. So this is a million dollars over four years. How many projects? And give me an outline of some of them. I think there's nine projects, if I'm correct. And the focus, I think, is shown through which projects that we funded to really be pushing on disease control, especially fusarium, which is moving you know across the country from the east to the west and becoming more and more of an issue to Saskatchewan producers in barley and other grains as well. But at least three or four of the projects are either bringing capacity into disease research laboratories or working with genetic improvements to resist fusarium and other diseases. I imagine you're also looking at improving yield and disease resistance as well. Yeah, so we, we also work with the Canadian Malt Barley Technical Centre on the Western Canadian Provincial Malting Barley Trials. And those are, you know, working with the best of the new varieties to basically bring them to commercialization, as well as seeing how those commercialized varieties work in Western Canada. And, you know, those varieties, lots of them have yield potential up to like 114, 115% of Copeland, which is still our by far our number one barley variety grown by acres. So, I mean, there's a lot of upside in these new varieties and the commercial acceptance from the maltsters and international customers has really improved over the last little bit. So we've been so Copeland and Metcalf heavy for a long, long time. And it's great to get some of these new agronomically improved varieties out there because it's beneficial to farmers. So does research pay back? Is, is it worthwhile? 
Well, yeah. I mean, I think that there's people smarter than me that are uh, quantifying that. But certainly we've, you know, even on our farm, we see the research payback. Last year, we had uh, a small variety trial on our farm where we grew three of these new varieties. And without even pushing the fertility program, they're six to seven percent higher yielding than the existing variety that we were growing the year before. And, you know, that six to seven percent is really revenue in a farmer's pocket because you're putting the same cost in, same fertility, you know, the, the same land rent, everything else, but you're just taking six to seven percent more grain off at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think it pays back to our producers, which is our, you know, we're producer advocates. That's our mandate. Give me a comment on barley markets this spring and how spring seeding looks. Well, barley markets are really interesting. And the biggest kind of outlier from typical is that feed barley prices have been just as strong as malt or very close. So I think that, you know, it changes the dynamics out there. And certainly there's lots of people that will either choose a feed variety or take a malting variety, especially one of these newer ones, and treat it like a feed variety where they they push the fertility and go for higher yields and uh, look to sell it into the feed market. There's less risk. The price is almost the same. And it makes a whole lot of sense to do it that way for some farmers. I think like in terms of the the growing conditions, I mean, Mother Nature always has the trump card. In our area, we're going to be set up okay for moisture in the beginning of the year. But I think there is, you know, overall some concern for a little bit of dryness. So hopefully we can get our barley seeded early across the province and, and get it off to a good start. You think barley acreage will be up or down this spring? I think barley acreage will be up. I know I come across a couple of, you know, other commentaries that have barley acreage substantially up. And it's not that surprising when you have that seed price kind of buffering the risk. And when you see the export program that we had last year, which is like record setting. And of course, that's a bit driven by some of the problems that China is having with Australia politically and not taking their barley. So I think we've moved barley very strongly. Prices are good. Feed prices are good, and uh, we should see acreage up next year would be my guess. Matt Hens of Ross Thurn is the chair of SAS Barley. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. And also by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call 1-800-340-2311. Ending stocks for Canadian canola and barley will be very low heading into the 21-22 crop year. Canola exports are going to top 10 million tons, with barley reaching 3.6 million tons, a level not seen since the wheat board days in the 1990s. Mike Jubinville is a senior analyst with Markets Farm. He says even though the daily markets have been volatile, there's no sign yet that old crop canola has stopped moving higher. Futures spreads are still inverted. That's a positive signal. Cash basis levels out in the country still reasonably good. You know, we're sort of looking for these canary in the coal mine signals, but so far there's no absolute clear signal of a price peak in canola just yet. You know, you, we know it's coming, but uh, we haven't seen it. Technically, I consider these markets from a chart perspective to be overbought, but we're also looking that way back when we did this uh, market outlook summit back in uh, 
mid-January, and that's when we were looking at cash goods out in the country that are probably about $2 a bushel lower than they are today. There isn't much unpriced canola remaining on farm. We've positioned markets farm that uh, we wanted to eliminate and not overextend our business risk. So we have taken certainly advantage of some of these attractive cash prices and, and recommend that to our clients. Getting ourselves down to what I would consider gambling stock for the what-ifs that may materialize this spring, there is room certainly for this market to go higher yet, but uh, I don't want to use it too much canola unpriced going into that environment because I, I do sense that volatile times are ahead. And we've seen already now Alberta cash bids uh, $18.50 a bushel. They were as high as $19 a bushel just at the start of this week. Uh, $17.75, $18 a bushel throughout a good portion of Manitoba and Saskatchewan as well. Pretty attractive uh, pricing opportunities. New crop canola futures have also been robust with plenty of competition for acres. The commercials are shifting business away from old crop now and recognizing the profitability in the new crop sector. So as soon as everyone has their old crop business covered, certainly all the business is shifting away to new crop. But there's a whole growing season ahead of us. And, uh, you know, we're looking at pricing opportunities of, you know, over $14 a bushel, $14.50 in Alberta, 14 or so, 13 and a half in Manitoba, Saskatchewan. These are pretty attractive prices from a historical perspective. We haven't really participated so much in it. I don't feel a rush just yet, but we will be making some sales early on in the spring uh, because uh, I think it's a good start. And $14 as a bushel is the worst price we recognize next year. Well, it's going to be a heck of a year for us. Barley is another crop in high demand. Old crop barley is selling at $6 a bushel in Saskatchewan, $5 a bushel for fall delivery. China is continuing to purchase large volumes of barley. As long as China continues to be gobbling up commodities at the torrid pace that they've been doing, and China's political tensions with Australia keeps Australian barley out of the game in terms of Chinese demand, uh, these strong offshore demand pull that we're seeing, I think, for prairie barley continues. China's buying leadership, I think, is going to be forcing our traditional livestock sector to try to keep up. Jubinville remains concerned, though, domestic demand for feed barley could erode over the next few years. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as well. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were showing downward movement in early trading. Canola fell 910 at 70197. Number one red spring wheat fell a dollar sixteen at two seventy six eighty one. The rest were unchanged. Durham three twelve thirty two. Feed barley two sixty three fifteen. Flax eight ninety one eighty. Lentils six forty four fifty. Oats two twenty nine fifty three. Yellow peas three ninety two eighty nine. And feed wheat two thirty eight eighty four. Minneapolis spring wheat May futures are down a half cent. At six thirty-three and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. And the livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest quotes. 
This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 1,828 on offer at our Tuesday pre-sort. This light cattle market seemed awfully strong to me. Another 150 cows and bulls here on Thursday. We are pre-sorting again here next Tuesday here on the 16th of March. Here's what happened at our Tuesday sale. 514-pound mixed steers were at 255. 36 red and black steers, 532 at 254. 54 red and black steers, 589 at 225 and a 75. 708 red weight red and black steers at 196. And we did sell 81 good Semintel cross steers from Danny Myers out of that Minton country, 763 at 186.75. Into the heifers. 568 weight silver heifers at 207. 598 weight tan heifers at 196 and 50. 102 black heifers, 601 at 189. 97 black heifers at 687 at 183 and a quarter. 775 weight at red heifers topped out at 169 and a quarter. The good cows, 77 to 86, 87 bucks here in Musha this week. Medium eight fed cows from 70 to 78. And the good bulls are trading 98 to a dollar eight sales right up to a dollar 11.75. That's again, we're pre-sorting here again next Tuesday for our good grass cattle on offer at that sale. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And Saskatchewan pork prices continue to move up on a daily basis. We have the latest Brandon Moose Jaw plant quotes, 196.01 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report. There's positive news on the job front, both provincially and federally. According to Stats Canada, 259,000 jobs were added across the country in February. 88,000 of those jobs were full-time. Saskatchewan alone added 2,300 jobs. However, the unemployment rate went up slightly from 7.2% to 7.3%, as 3,100 Saskatchewan people returned to the labour force looking for work. The province also now has the fourth lowest unemployment rate in the country. Canadian households added a record amount to mortgage debt in the last three months of 2020. Stats Canada says low interest rates and high housing prices pushed demand for mortgage loans to $34.9 billion, beating the previous high set in the third quarter of last year. Stats Canada is also reporting Canadians are continuing on a streak of strong savings, with a third consecutive quarter of double-digit savings rates. On the markets, losses in the technology, industrials, and metals and mining sectors helped push Canada's main stock index lower in late morning trading, while the loonie pushed above 80 cents U.S. The TSX Composite Index was down 113 points at 18,730. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 152 points at 32,638. The Canadian dollar traded at 80.08 cents U.S., compared with 79.61 cents Thursday. The April crude oil contract was down 30 cents at $65.72 per barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. It's brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, 
podcast. Download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.